Johnson, your host, and as always, I am excited to have my guest on today. Although, I think she might be more excited than I am. She's been posting on Instagram left and right about this interview. As I like to do here on TransConnections, I'd like to go ahead and let her introduce herself. So why don't you begin? (laughs) Well, thank you so much for uh, having me on, first of all. It's been wonderful uh, chatting with you, Allison, and getting to know you. My name is Michelle Charlotte, or as more of you probably know me, Mimi, or more than Mimi on Instagram. And uh, I I do a lot of stuff um, that might also be pretty apparent from my Instagram feed if you're if you're watching or taking notice of anything that I've posted over the past uh, month or so. I, I do quite a bit. And actually, I wanted to just list off the the identity traits that I have listed um, about myself on my Instagram page here. Um, these are all terms that I feel pretty confident in saying describe me fairly well. Um, and some of you might even know what a couple of them mean. So <laughs> this is, uh, okay. So I am an ENFPT. All right. That's a very technical stream of letters. And I, I honestly, I couldn't even go into the, the full depth of what all of that means, but it, it basically translates to the next word, which is campaigner. I am a person who uh, takes various missions upon themselves and actively uh, sets out for goals and campaigns as such. Um, I'm an Aries as well, uh, as I just recently discovered over the past year or so. Um, I'm, I've been a skeptic forever, but I looked into that stuff and I felt like this kind of describes me a little bit. I, I feel all right identifying as an Aries. Do you have a sign, by the way, Allison? Uh, I, I think I'm Capricorn, if I'm correct. My birthday is at the end of December, so I think that puts me as a Capricorn. I couldn't tell you other people's signs because I haven't studied that yet, but I, I love uh, reading and learning um, and everything I read about Aries, it's just, it fit me. It made sense. Okay. So if you want a good description of me, just like, look up what an Aries is. Okay. <laughs> nice to know. Or don't, or you can be a skeptic too. Like I was, that's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I also call myself an author and that is because, uh, I, I do write, I, I do write. I swear you guys. Um, I, I have actually written and self-published three, count them, three novels on the Amazon Kindle platform. If you go onto Amazon and type in Devil Ash Days, well, you'll, you'll see my dead name, okay? You won't, you won't see Michelle Charlotte. Um, I'm, I'm actually working on fixing all of that. My, my whole Amazon author profile needs a big old update, but that's coming. I swear. That's one of the things. That's one of my goals. <laughs> What's the book called? I also label Oh, the book is called Devil Ash Days. Okay. And and, and believe me, I want to pitch you on Devil Ash Days. Just like it's it's bottom of my priority list, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um uh, I call myself a gender mancer, okay? And I'm not sure if this is a real term or something I just made up. I'd like to think I made it up. But I'm also probably not that creative. Somebody else has probably called themselves a gendermancer at some point in their life. What the hell is a gendermancer? What are you talking about, Mimi? You're crazy. Uh, <laughs> if you look up the suffix, mancy, 
what will you find? Well, you'll find the definition of what it means to be a mancer. It's just somebody who is skilled in a particular trade. <clears throat> and my trade is gender. Uh, that is such because I am a non-binary trans feminine woman. And I want to encourage more people to think in non-binary terms than binary terms. Okay. Okay. Um, can, I guess, can, you, can you tell me, do you, do you confidently identify as binary or non-binary? Um, I confidently identify as a woman. Um, she, her are my pronouns. Uh, and I totally respect non-binary and, and respect that idea. I believe, I, I know that my beliefs with regards to the, the gender, I guess, binary would be the way that I would describe it is there is a total spectrum of where you can fit along that line. Um, I see it as a, a line male to female, but you, you don't have to be far left or far right. You can be anywhere in between. Uh, I say left or right, not politically, but just left or right, male, <laughs> left or right, female, however you want to see it. Um, no, that was a fantastic description. That, that was, that was wonderful. Good job. <laughs> Go ahead and continue. I'm interested in your gender mancer idea. Okay, well, good. Um, and the good news is, I, I think it's a skill that I want to say anyone can learn. But then just by saying that, I think people will be offended that I said anybody can learn it because it, it's a whole thing about offending people online nowadays, <laughs> um, which we can certainly talk about too, because I've, I've had some very shady behavior going down on Instagram. Um, I don't like to gossip, but I do like to tell the truth. Uh, Continuing with my bio, I'm a straw hat pirate for life, okay? And if you don't know what that means, you gotta you gotta watch One Piece. I'm sorry, you just you gotta I can't more highly recommend anything than One Piece. I have no idea what straw hat pirate means. I also don't know what One Piece is. Cool. Good. Um I would say Google it. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to do that. <laughs> Look, if you want me to talk your head off about One Piece, I will gladly do it. Maybe at a later point, I can just give you a little explanation. Okay. Because it's actually important to me, and it, it's a source of inspiration and uh, uh, something that I think about a lot, given my many obsessions. I will have to look into that. That's an interesting uh, interesting thing. I have not not ever heard of it. <laughs> Wonderful. I also identify as a gender queerdo. It's just a funny little word that I kind of like. Um, I'm gender queer, gender fluid, all of those lovely um, non-binary terms I, I think apply to me. And then lastly, I, I identify, I call myself a mom to all. And that is because I genuinely, not only am I a mother of two, uh, I, I just have maternal instincts and I want to help people. I want to particularly educate people and I want to push people in the right direction. Um, I, I just want people to make better choices, really. <laughs> okay. I mean, who doesn't want that? You'd be surprised. Uh, but this being the world of the internet, a lot of people choose to put a lot of negativity out into the digital space. They, they choose to take their negativity to others. Um, we've all probably experienced um, 
uh, hateful comments or harassment on Instagram. It's unfortunate. These accounts exist where uh, people get online and they say nasty things. And, you know, a lot of it gets reported. A lot of these accounts get blocked. Um, but there's still the ever-present fact that people are choosing to put negativity and hate out into the world. So, you know, it's, it's my personal mission through my Instagram, through my YouTube, through future modeling endeavors, whatever I decide to do, it's all going to be positive. I, I feel very strongly about not uh, using particular language like uh, uh, negativity, uh, saying I hate this or that. Um, I, I have a list of uh, phrases that I uh, avoid that I can read here in a sec and, and also a list of phrases I'd recommend <laughs> because I'm very obsessed with language and grammar as well. I almost went to college instead to be an English teacher. Uh, I lucked out of that one instead by going and getting a useless degree in television and film production instead. Not useless in my opinion. I'm a, I'm a content creator myself, so I can appreciate having some of that knowledge and uh, being able to do film and, and work in different content. Which yeah, so actually, I can I can uh, bring you up to speed a little bit on my background. That that's fun. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I mentioned that uh, I went to school for television production. That was actually the first college that I went to uh, way back in the year two thousand five. There 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 existed a a very prominent um, broadcast journalism, television, and radio school uh here in minnesota this is where i where i live minnesota and i went there immediately after high school um thinking that this is cool they're gonna teach me about like tv production like i'll be able to go you know work on a sitcom or i'll be able to move out to hollywood um, <laughs> with that education it turns out it was a lot more oriented towards uh studio productions and in particularly news and uh, mm -hmm. I learned a heck of a lot about broadcast journalism, and that was sweet. Um, I would later go on to work at one of my state's uh, three largest uh, news uh, stations um, for a number of years. Uh, I did the morning news show um, on the floor, the news floor, as a production assistant running cameras, doing the teleprompter, um, everything behind the camera. And I, I worked from 4 a.m. till 1 in the afternoon on the morning news show, which we went live at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I, that is definitely something that I would love to get more into. Um, and with the podcast, even getting into YouTube, you and I talked a little bit before uh, we started recording, but yeah. YouTube in general and, and video stuff is something that's definitely very interesting to me. Um, I'm sure some of the listeners out there are also interested in it. Oh, now that you mention it, I do have a YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Michelle Charlotte. And uh, on that channel, you will see videos of mine that are 10 years old or older. Um, if, uh, Oh my gosh, I, I, sh I should just bring it up really quick since we're, since we're on computers, why not? 
Um, <laughs> you will see uh, uh, a trailer for the, I don't want to say the only short film that I ever made, but when I got out of film school, I went to uh, Full Sail Film School in Florida. I immediately threw like $20,000 into producing uh, a movie, like a real movie. Uh, it ended up being like a half hour short film. Um, but I graduated from film school. Uh, I flew a whole bunch of my friends to Minnesota and we went up north to my family cabin and shot this film. Uh, and we shot it on real film equipment. It looks gorgeous. So if, if you're looking on my YouTube channel, you'll see the Up North trailer. That's it. Uh, but besides that, you'll see short films that I worked on, like I said, 10 years ago, like uh, a stupid film about rollerblading, uh, extreme rollerblading. There's another short film I did about uh, a heist gone wrong between some friends. And then the most popular thing I've ever worked on, hands down, is my short Christian versus atheist uh, YouTube series videos. These are uh, parodies of those old Mac versus PC commercials <laughs> that, okay. that you used to see. So I produced these things with my best friend at the time. Um, and he is a, a honest to goodness uh, Baptist uh, Christian, um, a preacher's son, son of a preacher man. And uh, I am an atheist. And yet we are best friends. We, we coexisted throughout college. We lived together and, and we're, we're best mates, honestly. I uh, consider the guy my brother. And, and these videos are, like I said, the most popular one. I'm looking at it right now. The very first one has 655,000 views. Second one's got 300,000 views. The third one has 240,000 views. Like these things got traction. And people are still debating today in the comments. That's awesome. <laughs> what other what yeah, other projects? Truly, my best times are behind me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about that. You have some other projects that you're working on. Uh, what other projects do you have going? Oh my god, uh, so many. Uh, there's the More Than Mimi podcast, first of all, that I would love to just direct everyone to. It's Anchor.fm/slash More Than Mimi. And if you go there, if you listen to this, it's a, uh, uh, so far I've, I've managed to produce one episode, but it's an hour long. And let me tell you people, podcast, that word does not do my show justice. Okay. My show is not a podcast. My show is an a narrative experience that the listener will experience. Okay. And I, I want you to think of it that way. I, I, I want you to throw on some headphones and, you know, curl up on the couch and get real cozy because it's just you and Mama Mimi here in that podcast show. And I'm going to tell you my life story. And, and I'm so excited to keep sharing it in more installments. Uh, I'm currently producing episode two right now. That's awesome. I, I, um, the whole point of this podcast, and I feel like this podcast is a true podcast in that sense, uh, is to, to have people put their stories out. So I'm really excited that there's other people putting podcasts out uh, in a similar way. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed is when you search trans or transgender on any podcast platform trying to download them, there's like none. Uh, it's very difficult to have stories that you can listen to um, on different podcasting um, platforms.
platforms. So having the, more of them, the better. Um, in a previous episode, I was talking to Charlotte from uh, the Transverse uh, or Transverse, and she was talking about um, you know how they have their transgender show, which is very similar. Uh, and just a place for people to listen to stories, which is exactly what this podcast is about, sharing stories. So the more, the better, for sure. Um, so definitely everybody go give Mimi uh, and her show uh, a listen. Uh, I'm sure it will be very entertaining, uh, as well as um, insightful. <laughs> I absolutely hope so. And I, I kind of just live my life by this personal motto that, that is on repeat in my head. And I, I really hate that, um, that, uh, by saying this motto, uh, to people out loud, it evokes images of probably like Apple computers or something because my motto is think differently and that's absolutely what I'm setting out to do with all of my platforms is to do whatever it is. If it's podcasting, if it's modeling, if it's YouTubing, I just want to do it a little bit different than most people. Um, I, I gather information. I study <laughs> these kinds of things. And I'm so analytical and I'm so anal and I consider myself a professional and that makes things really difficult for me. It's, it's so hard for me to put out content because it has to be of quality and it, it has to be at my highest standards. Uh, another podcast that I, I do uh, is the Thought Speak podcast. This is one of my favorite uh, side projects, one of, my, one of my favorite things that I've ever done just in general. And it's simply a book review podcast where my best friend that I met in college and I uh, dive into, discuss, and review every single book in the Animorphs book series. And some people might know what Animorphs are. Some people might not. Um, chances are you probably don't because not enough people read this amazing book series <laughs> because it was billed as a kid's fun time learning about animals. And it was actually about... Uh, launching a uh, guerrilla war and dealing with PTSD and severe depression and anxiety and, and multiple deaths. <laughs> That's I remember reading those books when I was young. Uh, definitely as a kid, I read those books. Um, I do. I don't remember them being about like deeper than just about animals, which is probably why uh as you read it as an old, I bet if I read it now, I probably would see the deeper meaning in it. But I, I do remember reading a few of them. I didn't read all of them. I don't know how many there were, but I, I read I read a few of them. I thought they were decent. 54. Okay. Yeah. It didn't come anywhere near 54 of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is if I can continue talking about Animorphs for one more minute. Okay. We are actually in, we are actually in the countdown of the final 10 books of the series. Like I said, the series is about a war and this is the, the winding down and the conclusion to the war, which is actually the climax. So it's the action is ramping up and things are getting better. Now, if I really could pitch you, dear listener, uh, check out anchor.fm slash thought speak. Okay. That's the Animorphs podcast. Our, our most recent episode 
is actually a review of the reboot graphic novel because there is a brand new graphic novel that came out in 2020 uh, that adapts the very first book in the series and it does it magnificently. My co-host and I interviewed the author, friend of the show, Chris Grein, uh, about his work on adapting Animorphs for the new age. And it's so amazing. It's such a fantastic story. I can't, I, more than one piece. Get out there and read it. Read Animorphs, please. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't realize that those books were not standalone books. I didn't realize they were all intertwined with each other. I mean, that made sense. They were all in the same quote unquote universe, but I didn't realize they connected with each other that way. It's uh it's, it's four kids and an alien and a hawk, uh, against a army of, uh, body snatching alien invaders. Yeah. And, uh, at some point they meet God and, uh, it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to check out the podcast for sure. Uh, well, that, that's an absolute uh, great way to spend an hour and a half or two of your time. <laughs> All right. Maybe driving to work every day. What uh, What else are you working on? You have a lot going on, Mimi. That's true. I'm, I'm working on uh, probably the, the greatest piece of art, my body. <laughs> and I'm, I'm taking boxing classes to try and stay active and, I don't know, look cool, I guess. Um, I, I, I do unfortunately want to know how to be able to defend myself because that's, uh, uh, sometimes an important thing to know how to do. <laughs> yeah. I wish it wasn't true, but I can see that being something that becomes a priority. I'm also working at, uh, I want to keep going back to the YouTube because like you said, people like the YouTube and I want to try and reach a, a wider audience on that platform as well. So right now what I'm putting on there are a lot of, uh, uh, different content videos. Um, some of it's very personal to me. It's kind of like meet Mimi, that sort of stuff. Uh, and then, Another thing that I'm really trying to launch is these writing tutorial videos. I uh, fancy myself a writer, as I keep bringing up, and I want to help other people. I, I want to be a teacher of sorts, and I'm, I'm making efforts to trying to inform people about the storytelling process and how they can do it a little bit better. I meet so many people that say, I've got this great idea for a character who does this thing or whatever. And I, I keep saying, okay, well, what happens after that? And what happens after that? And they have no idea other than that concept. So my, my uh, uh, focus is going to be on helping people to take the concept and stretch it out to a plot. Okay. So look for those on my YouTube channel. Eventually that's uh, YouTube slash Michelle Charlotte. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm interested. So you have your podcast uh, or your show, um, which is essentially just a, a narrative story of your of your life. Um, I, is any of your other stuff that you're working on LGBT related, or is it just kind of that one thing? And the rest is like I, being trans or being in the LGBT community is only a part of who I am, and I have so much more to share that I want to share all of the all of the rest of it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm nothing that I do. I would say is exclusive to the LGBTQ community. Um, I, I, I came from a place where I had zero LGBTQ connection, zero 
friends from the community, from the lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. I was an outsider looking in for so long. And I, um, I just thought I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't belong in the community when you're a, uh, a, a pre-trans woman. So you're, you're a man at that point. It's, it sucks. You don't want to be a man. Um, but you're not out public. You're not, your identity isn't fully developed and fleshed out yet. You're still, uh, you're still confused. You're still questioning. And you just feel like such an outsider to both groups then, because you don't want to be with the group you're with. You want to be with that other group. And unfortunately that group is, is going to have a hard time accepting you, you know, the way you are without putting some effort into it. So by all means, I want to help people that are in that, that first group, that latter group, the pre-transition group, the, the questioning people, the confused people. I like um, helping people to be able to identify themselves. That's one of the most important things you can do in that process of, of trying to find your community is really know who your community is by knowing what you are. Uh, and that's, that's a process. Like I said, it, it takes so long. And, you know, I, I get so many questions. I get the questions from people on, on Insta and I genuinely want to help these people, but they, they, they just don't know, you know, all right. There's a lot I to be said about that. Completely understand all of that. And I, the piece of advice that I received and I give to everyone and literally the inspiration for this show is, you know, listen to stories, listen to other people talking about their lives and what they've done. Cause you're probably going to connect with somebody on some level and it'll help you feel like, all right, there's other people, like you said, in these two different, uh, groups. Uh, and I may not be in that group, but somebody else is also in the group that I'm with that is just like me. Um, I think that that's awesome. And I, I, I think that that's the way that we should look at it. I wish that the LGBT community was a little bit more open to people not being safe to come out, not being in the same space that they're in. Um, not all of us are in the position of being able to just be open. Uh, and I think I recognize that. And that's where I, like, for me, the goal of this is, you know, I have the ability to be out and in public and be myself. And I want to make sure that the rest of the world is much more open f to that idea for the people who come after me. Uh, cause I don't, I, I can only do so much. Um, and I can't do anything about what happened to me in the past, but what I can do is help make it better for somebody in the future. That that's my main focus right there. You just said it. It's, it's ensuring that, uh, there, there, there are kids right now that feel or will feel or have felt, you know, fractions of the pain that I felt or, or maybe more pain than me. I don't want people to have to feel shitty about their lives, about their identities, about their sexualities, about their genders. I don't want people to suffer like I did. And if I can help anybody get out of that, I'm going to, um, I, I, you know, I keep saying I I'm a teacher. I've got five years of teaching experience. I, I got my start, uh, as a substitute teacher. Uh, this kind of flows with a story, I guess. After, after I left that news station job, I, I spent 
numerous years as a teacher. And during that time, I got to work with kids of all ages. But uh, the the one that really sticks out to me is this young, uh, uh, she was a 14-year-old um, transmasculine um, and, and she actually changed her name and pronouns uh, partway through the school year. And I, I was still pre-transition. I was, you know, by no means out. But just seeing this kid doing this amazing thing, it sparked something in me. Uh, and like I said, this was pre-transition, but it was something that I remembered going forward. There's kids out here that should be, could be, are doing this amazing stuff. And I couldn't live my life the way I was living anymore after that. I, yeah, there are, I mean, there are plenty of kids who have far, far more courage and bravery than I did, uh, when I first started coming out and I encourage bravery is probably not even the right words, but just like willingness and, and ability to just say, I don't care. I'm going to live my true self. I'm going to be who I am, uh, right away. And yeah, I wish that, I wish that I had had that opportunity to be able to come out and see it, recognize it before I turned 30. Um, so many, I think so many people just, and for me, I think I would have had, I had a word for it, had I had like, this is something for me. Um, similar to you, you see someone else doing it and all of a sudden, oh, there's something there and makes it so you can start questioning and you start going through whatever the process needs to be for you. Um, it wasn't until I started saying what's going on and started asking questions and trying to understand it that it became, oh, now I get it. Now I know what it is. Uh, and so, again, if we can reach just one person even, if somebody can listen to a story and say, oh my gosh, that's, that's me, um, all of a sudden it's okay. Now I can start going down the path. I can talk to somebody. I can uh, get some more opinions. I can do more research. I know I need to be doing research around this and going that direction. They may not be trans. That's fine. But it at least gives them the ability to, to start thinking about it. That's, that's a very, yeah, uh, that's a very good way to put it. Um, I find that in the trans community, uh, from an outsider's perspective, the outsiders have a really hard time distinguishing between uh, a desire to cross-dress and actual trans identities. Um, I, I field a lot of these like questions from you know no-name accounts on, on Insta that are asking questions like, I like wearing women's clothes. Uh, I'm so confused. What does this mean? Am I trans? And I simply ask them, well, how, how does it make you feel? Like, is this, is this who you are? Is this who you want to be? Like, are, can you imagine telling your friends and family that you're, you know, a woman? And it's really like, it's kind of up to them. I mean, at that point, I'm just fielding questions, but yeah, and I, <laughs> there's still that prevailing confusion, right? Absolutely. I think that like, for me, the answer to that question would be, do you, does being a woman make you feel better about yourself? Or do you just enjoy wearing women's clothes? Um, because I think I, nothing against cross-dressing. In fact, I identified as a cross-dresser before I finally came to the conclusion that I was trans. Um, being, you know, was wearing women's clothes really the thing that 
made me feel good or was it I felt like a woman and that's what made me feel good. Uh, and I think that that's like, you know, again, ultimately that's the goal of like a podcast like this is to get those stories out there and let people hear like, Oh, there are other people that do this. There are other people that think like this. Maybe that's who I am as well. Um, certainly not a, that is who you are. You have to do, make that decision on your own. You, you, you know, it's not somebody else to, nobody else can tell you if you're trans or not. Um, you have to be able to discern, determine if that's who you are. And it's not a choice for sure. I'm not saying it's a, you choose to be trans, but it's a choice to recognize it or, and to acknowledge it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, that's why I, I answer questions when I can, I try not to, um, uh, be too combative with people who just might be ignorant, might genuinely not know, um, I, I inform them the best I can that, you know, most trans women would probably not want to be associated with the term crossdresser. Um, because if they do, they'll, they'll tell you that they're into drag. I mean, you can be a drag fan. That's, it's totally normal. You can be a cross-dressing fan. That's normal too. As long as you boldly identify and, and proudly proclaim, and you're not, uh, closeted and keeping it secret. And the big identifier, I think, uh, between a trans identity and a, a cross-dresser identity would be when you take those clothes off, uh, if you're trans, you know the problem doesn't, it, it doesn't go away. You don't stop thinking about it. Whereas if you're a cross-dresser, you take the costume off and you go about your day. <laughs> And, and you know that that's just that's how you live. The problem comes when you're not wearing the clothes and you're thinking, "Oh my God, why do I still want to be wearing those clothes? And why do I still want to be, you know, in the fantasy land of being a woman?" Oh, because it's actually my identity. There you go. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, I could not agree more. Wonderful. So uh, let's see. We're chugging right along with my uh, history. I I do unfortunately want to just talk a little bit about my my bouts with depression. Um, as as fun a topic as depression is, uh, it's an important one, and it's it's one that you see a lot in the trans community. Um, particularly on Instagram, you know, we're, we're all about openness. We're about loving each other. Um, nobody is ever truly alone. Uh, I, I've felt alone so many times and I feel lonely, loneliness, chronic loneliness, and it definitely feeds into the depression. Um, but what I think helps with depression is doing your transition and making new connections and having new experiences and, and doing all the things that, you know, will really, really bring you that happiness and comfort because I spent at least a decade living with just depression, just having that be my base state. Um, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It's, it truly feels like you're, you're not actually living. You're, you're not, uh, you're going through the motions and you're, you're, you're making this, this body, this shell, you know, move through the, through the lands <laughs> kind of like a puppet master, but, but that's not really a life worth living. It wasn't in my eyes. I didn't uh, feel like I had anything to look forward to. 
I didn't, I didn't enjoy the experiences I was having. I didn't enjoy who I was talking to. I didn't enjoy, you know, my, my private time with my family or friends. Uh, it, it just sucked. It, it, everything sucked. And now that I have done the things I've done, I've transitioned, I've become the real Michelle and I, I don't live with that constant, um, just feeling of everything not mattering, you know, there, there's meaning to life again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so true. I have a very similar experience, especially since I started transitioning. And I think I've talked about this before on my podcast, uh, on a previous show where I, um, I, I describe my emotional state, um, pre hormones specifically, but just pre transition in general, um, of being like a black and white TV from the fifties, uh, and just having no emotional range and no, like just didn't see things very brightly, brightly, uh, brightly. Well, I don't even know if that's a word. I've just made up a word. Um, and then after that, like after transition, after coming out and starting to see myself as who I am and see Allison in the mirror and, when hormones started, like the, the mental changes right away. And then the physical changes that followed, and, uh, all of a sudden my emotions were like a 4k TV, uh, and getting to see, see <laughs> things and, and have a future and see what is in store for me in the future. Um, there's actually a, right after I came out, literally, I think I'd been on hormones for less than a month. So zero physical changes yet. Um, a few emotional and mental changes had started happening for sure. Um, but not, a, not like nothing real tangible. Right. Um, I was doing a volunteer event with my work and I took a selfie. I'm a, a manager, um, at my job and I took a selfie with one of my associates and it was one of the first selfies I really had ever taken. And when he took the photo, he looked at it and immediately was like, man, look at that smile on your face. And he sent it to me. I showed it to my mom. And the first thing she said was, I don't think I've ever seen you smile in a photo before. And all of a sudden, this was a smile that like a true smile. And so like, I do think that the same thing, I don't know, I was never clinically diagnosed as depressed. And I don't, I don't consider myself to have been depressed pre-transition. Um, so I don't, I would never try to compare uh, how I was to true depression. Um, but I certainly know that post transition and post hormones, my mental state was a thousand times better than it was before. Wonder. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I don't believe you will find somebody, um, that, that didn't feel more healthy, uh, after, after transitioning successfully. Um, I, I, uh, I will say that, um, during my, my depression, uh, years, I experimented with various, um, medications. I, I got on a generic, um, just a generic antidepressant. I can't remember is the, the, the generic for, uh, uh, oh, who cares? We don't need to give big pharma any money. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the generic, uh, depression and anxiety meds that I was on 
they they did lessen the depression and the and they took away all the the sudden bouts of anxiety I would get, but they also made me feel totally fine with just having a shitty life, just being. <laughs> they 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 allowed me to be okay with feeling bad, I guess, you know, and, and that, that's not a good, uh, way to live your life. That's not a good antidepressant, um, taking spironolactone and estradiol and, uh, progesterone, uh, that was the real, uh, mental health fix that I needed. And it, it, it will absolutely show from anything I do, uh, you mentioned smiles, and that's one of my obsessions. Uh, I I want to spread smiles. I we have a pandemic uh, in the world right now, and it's a pandemic of negativity. I want to cause a pandemic of smiles. <laughs> I uh, I think smiles are and. I, you see it, the Transition Tuesday on Instagram is uh, a pretty cool event every day or every week. Um, I And I've said this before on the podcast, I'm not a fan of Instagram. I think that Instagram serves its purpose, but I also think that there's a lot of issues with Instagram. Uh, get to hide behind Wait. a keyboard very easily. Um, but one of the best things is Transition Tuesday on Instagram because you can quickly see uh, people smiles and their eyes light up, uh, in their, um, their after photos. Um, and you can see even the before photos where there's a smile, it's a fake smile almost every single time. Uh, you can see the true happiness in the after photos. And like, that's the thing that like, if you, if, if anybody out there is questioning and you think that that might be you just look at those photos and say, is that, does it bring me joy to be able to see myself in that same position? Oh yeah. That, that helped me immensely pre-transition. Uh, it, it was one of my obsessions again was, uh, looking at all the before and afters, looking at the trans timelines, obsessing over the various changes that I saw and thinking like, Oh my God, I want that. You know, I want that. I want that. What does this mean? Whatever could it mean? <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious what it meant. Uh, looking at me now, uh, that I definitely was having a bad time in my previous identity. It just didn't work for my personality. Um, now my personality is turned up to 110%. Um, I'm just being, the maximum Mimi that I can be. And I'm doing all this crazy thing. Like my motto is if, uh, if, if dead name wouldn't do it, Mimi will do it. Right. So I'd never go to a bar or a club or whatever before. Now I'm like, I'm going, I'm going to see what's there. <laughs> I, I went out and, and over the 4th of July celebrations in my town, I went out by myself and I, I danced uh, with a couple of girls that I didn't even know uh, to this live band. And it was like, oh, like he would have never done this. <laughs> That's so cool. I think I, I very similar to myself. I There are a lot of things. I don't have that same motto. Like I don't look at it and say like, if he wouldn't have done it, then uh, Allison has to do it or, or will do it um, or I can do it. But I do say 
um, the world is my playground uh, and I can do whatever I want. Um, and certainly coming out and transitioning in this world has given me a ton of confidence. Um, I Before, I would have never considered going camping on my own or going out into the world by myself. Um, I constantly wanted somebody else around me. Uh, and not necessarily from like a dating perspective or a romantic perspective, but just like I didn't enjoy being by myself. And probably because when I was by myself, I had a lot to think about. Um, whereas now, like I don't mind being by myself. In fact, a couple months ago, I went for a, uh, a camping trip where it was just me and my dog. We literally went four and a half hours away and just camped for uh, four days by myself. Um, I was in a campground. There were a bunch of other people there, but I didn't know any of them. Uh, I just hung out in my campsite. We did a little bit of sightseeing in the national park and then had, then went home. Like I would have never done something like that. Yeah. It was amazing. It was a great trip. I plan on doing it again. Um, I threw my tent away though. So I need a new tent. Uh, Um, (laughs) uh, being in the Pacific Northwest, it rains a lot and having a tent that is not waterproof is not a good thing. Um, I can imagine. Uh, but with that being said, like I can tell you, I for sure would never have gone camping by myself um, to a place that I knew nobody um, for even one night. I would definitely have not, uh, would have wanted somebody with me. I would have wanted at least a friend to go camping with me um, to not be by myself. I, 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 uh, I think that codependency is uh, a really comforting thing for um, a lot of people who are dealing with, you know, other things in their life. Uh, people who uh, have a lot of internal conflicts. Um, just, I, I find that I, I acted very codependently on my spouse for so many years. And uh, this is an important story, I guess, because uh, not everybody who transitions, um, is married. Some people transition by themselves. Some people have significant others or spouses while they transition. And sometimes those spouses actually stay with the person and support them and, uh, continue to love them and and learn about their partner as their partner does. And I think that's such a beautiful thing for, a couple who really, really loves each other. Uh, I think it's so strong um, for one of them to say, you know, you've got this side of you that you're learning about too. And I, I want to learn, you know, I want to do this. I want to take this journey with you. That's awesome. I unfortunately am in the camp of it. It did not work out with my spouse. And I, uh, well, if you listen to, my story, uh, anchor.fm slash more than Mimi, you'll, uh, you'll come to realize very quickly, um, what I've been dealing with over, um, the course of my transition. It, it started in pure isolation and self quarantine. I was locked in my house for a full year. All of that 2020 pandemic stuff. That was me in solitude, in depression, in, you know, the very beginning stages of my transition. I didn't look, I didn't feel feminine. I I didn't know if I would ever get there. I thought, well, at least I'm non-binary and I can, you know, lean on that because I don't look like a woman. Um, (laughs) 
but I, I, if you continue to listen to my story and listen to me and, and look at me, uh, you will see that transitioning works. It was successful and I'm so much happier now. That's, that's awesome. I, um, we've had several guests on the, on the show that, um, transitioned with spouses and some of them didn't work out and others, it has worked out. Um, and I personally didn't have a, a relationship while I was transitioning. Um, I started questioning my gender because of a breakup actually. Um, and ironically enough, when I came out to my ex-girlfriend at the time, she very quickly was like, you know what? That doesn't surprise me. You kind of always looked at me a little differently than most guys do. And so it like, it made sense, right? Like all of a sudden it clicked. Uh, and for me, it was, why do these relationships keep ending the way they're ending? And what I came to the, the conclusion I came to, and after talking to my most recent ex, it was very clear that I was dating straight women and I'm a woman. So it just was never going to work out. Um, and yes. so like that, that certainly helped me understand it, but I also, um, have heard stories of other women who have gone through different relationships, um, while they were transitioning. And I, I can't relate to that. I don't have that experience. I, when I decided to start transitioning, I made it a point that I would not, uh, date anyone until I was ready for it. Um, and for me personally, being ready for it meant post-surgery. Um, and so that was really important to me. Um, I am now six months since surgery, um, as of the recording of this, and I have only just decided to start dating again. Um, so like oh, congrats. for me, that's, that was my story. That was my, my decision, right? I know I have several other friends who started dating well into, um, their transition, but with no intention of having surgery or anything like that. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's a, it's a very personal decision. And from a transitioning with a family or with a spouse, um, I, it does say a lot about a person who's able to say, Hey, I'm, I'm not into this. I'm, I can't date a woman. I am straight. And I know that, but I also think that it says a lot about somebody who says like, I've always identified as straight. And I don't think that, um, leaving you though is, is what I want. Like I, I love you and that's who I want to be with. So I think that there's it just like there's a range of gender identities and there's a range of sexual identities. The same can be said for any relationship that is out there. Um, it may not go well, but it's not anybody's fault if it doesn't go well. I would recommend, um, from personal experience, I, I can tell you what not to do and what not to do is throw yourself into a very hasty, very codependent relationship that rapidly escalates into a marriage um, while you still are figuring things out about yourself. Um, don't, don't try to play a role that you don't know if you can play. You don't know if you want to play. Um, I, I would highly recommend that you are able to identify yourself down to your very basic essence as well as you can. Um, certainly before making any very, uh, uh, 
com- these commitments, these relationship commitments, right? When you include somebody else, it, it's unfortunate if you're you're not open and honest uh, about it. But unfortunately for so much of us, it's it's heavily tied into our our uh, guilt and shame um, emotions, and that's a big reason and why we keep it to ourselves for so long. We're, we're afraid. We're so guilty that this is wrong. We feel shame. We feel embarrassed. And, uh, yeah, I, I spent a lot of years in that zone of being too afraid and too embarrassed to even bring this topic up to anybody. And the more I involved myself with the trans community, the more I talked to people and made friends, I have so many wonderful friends now um, through Instagram and, and other things just that I never would have had. All of these stories I hear, like you keep saying, there are so many similarities. We go through so much of the same stuff and we're all together in it. We're all having this big experience. Um, and I, I should hope that we are all very supportive and open and welcoming uh, of, of ourselves and others, and especially the people that are in the pre-trans community, especially the people who are confused and haven't made up their minds yet. You know, we want to be good representations of what you could be. You don't want the representation for a trans girl to be just like some extremist, I don't know, feminist bitch. <laughs> you want to be friendly and welcoming. So people, you know, get a good impression of the thing. You don't want to become a stereotype, okay? <laughs> I I think that that's great. I, I'm a huge fan of that idea of, you know, all welcoming and all, you know, we're all in this together. We've all gone through something. And we do. There's so many connection points. Um, I, You connect, I connect with just about everyone I speak with on some level about something. Uh, it doesn't have to be this big, like all of a sudden we're best friends, but you can still connect with somebody on a personal level that is, can make going through what we go through easier, uh, better, uh, whatever it is, however you want to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's honestly, the best thing you can do is, uh, whether you're in the community or out of the community, just, just make com- connections, um, reach out and, you know, comment on people's things and, and like <laughs> as, as stupid as that sounds, it, it legitimately worked for me in, in, uh, creating friendships, creating relationships. There are people that I talk to every single day now on Instagram, just because I, I love them so much and I value their friendship. Um, and, it's it's done wonders for me. Um, I I think that uh, just having a community in general is is a very wonderful thing. Do we have enough time for me to ramble off a list of my obsessions really quick? Yeah, sure. If you want to do that, we can do that. I don't I don't know how much time uh, you're you're leaving to to the show here, but, but I can honestly go through just to give, I want to give the listener an idea of, of what I deal with, with my OCD. Um, because I, I hear so many people use the term incorrectly and, and then somebody who deals with OCD, um, it, you know, it's, it sucks, right? When somebody's like, ah, oh, 
I moved my cup because of my OCD. Um, yeah, go ahead. So that, that's not <laughs> that's not really what it is. And, and, and OCD is just um, an, an obsession that is compulsive, okay? A lot of people don't focus on the compulsion part. They focus on the obsessive part. But it's obsessive compulsive disorder specifically because you can't control these things. And in my case, it's obsessive thoughts. And I used to uh, confuse this disorder for ADD. I went into a doctor because I thought I have this ADD and it's so bad, please help me. And the more I talked to my doctor about it, the more she said, no, that's OCD. So Without further ado, look, I'm going to blow through this thing really quick. I, I sat down yesterday uh, in preparation for this interview just to list the things that I obsessively, compulsively think about on uh, the day-to-day, okay? Okay. Um, and if I, if I stop to explain, it's, it's going to get way too, way too, way too long. So I'm, I'm going fast, okay? That these works. Are, just imagine these, imagine these words... Uh, flying through your ear and hitting your brain, okay? I'm obsessed with people. I'm obsessed with identities, with words, with communication. I'm obsessed with thoughts. I'm obsessed with details. I'm obsessed with experiences and expectations. I'm obsessed with time and space. I'm obsessed with religions and gods. I'm obsessed with gender. I'm obsessed with both the binary and the non-binary. I'm obsessed with trees, plants, rocks, water, nature, sunrises, animals, women, bathrooms. I'm obsessed with society, optimization and productivity. I'm obsessed with self-reflection and improvement and progress. I'm obsessed with bodies. I'm obsessed with hair. I'm obsessed with my hands. I'm obsessed with breasts. I'm obsessed with genitals. I'm obsessed with vehicles. I'm obsessed with pens, keys, clocks, drugs, goals, games, mental health, art, music, beauty, technology, animation, weapons, photographs, good stories and storytelling, as well as teaching and influencing and friendships and relationships. I'm obsessed with positivity and the weather and temperature and questions and the future and death. And lastly, I'm obsessed with living. So if you want me to expand on any of that, that's fine. Uh, that is a very long list. Um, I mean, I don't, I've never, <laughs> never considered myself to be OCD. Um, I have considered myself ADD sometimes. Um, I do have, every once in a while I have a hard time, uh, I guess, focusing, um, having my thoughts go on and on and in a hundred different directions. I, I really like... I really like analogies and using analogies to explain things. <laughs> Can I try an analogy on you and see if it makes sense? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I think of my OCD, my obsessive thoughts, like such. Um, this is a thought experiment. I do a lot of thought experiments. Uh, I, I want you to do this with me. Okay. Um, imagine that you would that somebody just handed you a piece of paper and it's got a sentence written on it, and that sentence is your thought, Okay. And it says like, you know, what am I going to have for lunch today? You take that thought and and you look at it, right? And then you're able to set that piece of paper down and walk away from it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's you. Yeah. Now I'm going to tell you how an obsessive compulsive brain works. So the person hands you the piece of paper with the sentence on it that says, uh, you know, did you get the mail yet? And, and, and instead of being able to just set that paper down and walk away from it, I crumple it up into a ball and I throw it behind my shoulder. And then you look behind my shoulder 
and there's a mountain of crumpled balls, the same thing. And, and that mountain of paper balls of ideas, it, it follows me and it's always behind me. And at any point I can, you know, I can reach behind me and I can pull one of these things out and go, Oh, did I do the dishes today? Fuck. I gotta, I gotta think about that one again. And, and they will occasionally just kind of uh, flood forward and I, I, I'm picking them up and looking through all of them. And, and, and as you can tell, the analogy is falling apart because that's the way that, that my mind unfortunately works. I just feel so swamped and overwhelmed constantly by all these thought processes that are happening. I have to actively stop and control them and focus them. Um, makes writing a novel super freaking difficult. I can imagine. Uh, I, I think that a lot of us can probably relate on some level to anxiety um, because that sounds like a really anxious uh, moment or day. Um, I can't imagine that it always just lasts only a moment for you. Um, I know that I personally have experienced high levels of anxiety on a, on a frequent basis. Um, I literally have a therapist to talk through that kind of stuff with. Um, that's, that is, that is the advantage to having a therapist, uh, and me and her talk about a lot of different things, but anxiety is definitely one of them. Um, so I do think that that's, (laughs) and you know, it's important to be able to identify that and be able to talk about it and share it. Um, and you may not feel comfortable sharing it with everybody, but being able to share it with somebody, um, does I'm sure help make that mountain of balled up papers get a little smaller. (laughs) You know, and every so often I just light a match and throw it behind me because <laughs> see what see what sticks around after that. Burn them all down. <laughs> all right. Well, Mimi, I have absolutely enjoyed talking to you today. Uh, I hope our listeners have had a oh, thank you so much had a chance to um, connect with you on at least one, if not many, different levels. Uh, so I really appreciate you coming on today, um, and we'll go ahead and. Um, sign off at the moment. Have a good day, everyone. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to hear more amazing stories. And to share your own story, you can always reach me on Instagram at trans underscore connections underscore podcast or email me at transconnectionspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Trans Connections.